This is the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. You're about to discover the most entertaining rock music podcast on the planet, filled with the best stories straight from rock musicians from all over the world. Rock music isn't dead. It's getting better and better. It's time to start paying attention again. With that said, let's get this party started. The mountain's gonna rise and fall by me. Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast, where I'm going to be speaking with Corey Glockner from the Orange County pop punk band Taking Days today. They have a brand new album called Any Minute coming out in January of 2024. I believe that's the uh, that's the launch date, right, Corey? Correct. Yeah, yep, still on perfect. track for that. Yeah. And that is to follow up their 2020 debut album, Every Second. So obviously with a band that has Taken Days, Any Minute, Every Second, we've got some time references and we'll jump into that in a little bit, a little bit more detail later. But this is an absolute pop absolute melodic pop punk gem in my own in my opinion i've got to listen to the whole album i've listened to it probably three or four times already uh some absolutely fantastic songs on here and i think this is going to take uh I'll, I'll say i'll say it's going to take the listeners ear holes to new heights as well as maybe make taken days a household name i don't know if that's actually going to happen but that's just my projection for them guys so hopefully you know the the world's going to cast aside their love for edm music and just start loving rock music because of taken days again um, so either way, I'm excited for the new album to come out and talk about the album ahead of the time so that all the listeners can get excited as, as excited as I am about this magnificent little L LP. So, Hey, Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Isaac. Yeah, of course. It's been a while since we've actually talked, uh, other than just chatting on Instagram or something like that, but yeah, it's good to see you again. I think it's been probably about a year cause I think I saw you October for attention fest last time I saw you in person. So last year so. Um, good to see you again. And uh, yeah, let's dig into some of this stuff about the new album because I know it's been a long time coming because even when I talked to you guys last year and Brent specifically, I had a kind of a in, in depth conversation because I think he dropped me off at my hotel later. Um, but, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of killer tracks on this one. Before we get into each track or how we want to dig into each thing here, I want to talk, obviously, you guys did work with Cam Cameron Webb, which is like, you know, the legendary pop, pop punk producer at this point. Yeah. Um, and it took about two years to go from, I guess, where you guys thought you may be getting close to, well, maybe let's say a year and a half where you guys thought you were almost done. And then you took it to like, took this information, these drafts to Cameron and Cameron basically just said, these aren't ready. And he said, you know, you have to get, you have to take these and make them better. That's Brent's, Brent's basically telling me, you know, he his his expectations for you guys is high. So like he he heard the first rough drafts. I think you guys did in your I think it was your living room or Brent's living room or something like that. And he said, "You don't want to be the same. You don't want to stay where you are. You want to be better, right?" So how did that conversation go? Did you tell him that he was crazy? Uh, did you accept that advice and actually do you know improve the songs, or did you actually just say, you know what, let's rework these, kind of get Cameron's feedback as we're making them from from now on, or how did that work out and do you think you achieved that goal that Cameron set out for you guys? Well, I first want to start by saying that Brent is a liar. So <laughs> don't listen to anything he says. No, I'm totally joking. <laughs> now, Brent basically got the gist of it correct. Um, yeah. What had happened was a little bit after we had um, released the other album, um, of course, a lot of bands know this. You're usually um, touring. You're playing those songs for a long time, right? Yeah. And hopefully during that time, you're also coming up with other ideas. So a lot of these songs would just kind of come out of nowhere. You know, I re remember one thing Brent was like, I had to run to my car to like record this because I had a good idea. And there was like plenty of those moments for, you know, me too. Yeah. So my mentality at the time was we'd already worked with Cameron, right? We'd already gotten like the nitty gritty of this is what you need to improve on. This is what I want to hear from you, right? Um, so I have thought, well, whatever we do from here is going to be gold, right? We yeah. took everything we learned from him and it doesn't matter what we write is going to be the next best thing. So we did come up with a collective of songs. I think originally, I, I think it's 11 now, but originally we had like 12 or 13 and we all demoed them at, uh, Landon's and That's we awesome. were really, yeah. And we were really, really happy with how those came out, it just gave us an opportunity to, um, I, I guess, express more ideas. 
So that was cool. We were using um, technology to our advantage for the first time yeah. in our little band career. And we just thought, wow, like everything we we're coming up with is great. We were rewriting guitar parts, um, melodies. Uh, we were coming up with cool stuff on the spot, you know, layering, all that good stuff. And a lot of those ideas did make it onto the album. But so basically we're, we're about done. We, we know it's not perfect, right? But we're like done with these demos and we want to send them over to Cameron because we want his input now. Yeah. And Cameron, I'll never forget it. Uh, Brent texts us and goes, hey, I sent this over. And, you know, Cameron wants to talk to us, but the songs aren't ready. And I, you know, I think every artist kind of feels this way when, when you're told this. The first thing I thought was, well, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that was the first thing I thought. But, you know, I love Cameron and I understand that, like, his experience far exceeds my own. So I want to yeah. be open-minded. I want to hear what he has to say. So we go in there. And he's pointing out some of the things that I already knew he was going to point out. And I you know, was trying to reiterate, like, this is a demo. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're yeah. not it's going to be perfect. But there was a couple things, though. A couple songs where he was like, your chorus isn't good enough. And I remember on one of them specifically, I was like, damn, like, I really like, I wrote that song. And I'm like, I really like this song. I really like how it is. I really like how it's coming out. I like it in my head. But he kept just telling me, no, you need a better chorus, right? You yeah. have this you have that but if your chorus isn't good then you're ruining the whole thing so i got like not mad but like it was more motivated i was like well i'll give him a good chorus right yeah so maybe like a couple of weeks later we're all practicing the song and i say hey i have an idea we played it brent and landon looked at me and they're like okay yeah and we have our chorus so it was little things like that that helped us build something that was just much better than we had ever expected yeah. Um, and I'll say this to any band who works with Cameron. Um, he's not interested in getting your idea out there. He's interested in getting the best idea out there. Yeah. Now, that will start with your idea. Like, he's not going to sit down and write a bunch of stuff for you, right? He's just going to tell you, this doesn't excite me. This bums me out. You know, this this makes me feel that. <laughs> and is Cameron, is, is he always right? No, but he is right a good amount of the time, especially yeah. for, like, inexperienced bands like us, too. So it really helped us put everything together and I think for any band willing to go in and work with them, if you're open-minded enough, whether you're successful, whether you're just kind of starting out, I think there's just something valuable there to be had. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the thing as an artist, you work with a song, you get kind of ingrained in it, you kind of know it front and back, right? And then you're used to that's how it sounds. And then anytime somebody says this, is, this could be changed, you're like, it doesn't sound right. But that's to you. Like, to a person who's listening to the first time, if they're comparing them side by side, they'd be like, you know, I'd take this version, the new version versus the old version because it sounds better, right? right. But you're like, no, nah, it sounds weird as hell because we've been right. playing it for six months or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the, that's, I think that's the beautiful part of a, a producer that actually gives you feedback about how to improve songs versus like, oh, it's just about the mix or something like that. You know, hey, you got to yeah. bring this right. up or bring that down or whatever. And, uh, you know, your, your vocals, you could do a little bit more melodic stuff or a little harmony here or something like that. Like that's all technicality stuff which obviously is their job too like they help with a lot of that stuff but a real producer in my mind has that idea of how to make the song the best it can possibly be regardless of your feelings or not right and so they'll yeah. tell you the straight truth and, and if, you, if you get hurt by it it's for the better like you just have to accept that and be like okay right. I want the best song right so if maybe I didn't create it 100% anymore and it's partially created by you know somebody else but it's 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 valuable feedback and you know I've, I've heard the album like I said and there's so many good points in this. Like, obviously, the last album you worked with them too, a great album as well. But I mean, there's certain songs in here that I'm listening to, and I'm going, "This is better. Like, this is it's got a better hook. It's got more energy. It's got just more like oomph in it, right? Like, I'm talking about like songs like Atomic right off the bat, like the the, the chorus there, the Atomic, Atomic. Like, that's that catches you. You'll hear that in your head for like a week. I'm like, already hearing it. I'm like right off the bat that's the first song like yeah that's that's catchy as hell problem child for me was an absolute phenomenal song i, I was like listening to it in my car like you know listening to the, the uh the songs and i'm like oh these are all really good and then problem child came on i was like holy shit like this might be my favorite song on the album so you know there's some really good ones on there at least of all you she wants more like all of them are good but like these four that i'm like naming right now just seem to have that extra special punch and you can feel that like you know Sometimes like I've seen, I've seen you guys live and, you know, you guys have kind of like a laid back energy, but you also still 
get excited. Um, not so much as like Mario from Nights Like Thieves or anything like that, but you know, you got you got some energy and you and you put it out on stage. Um, but the way that you actually captured the energy in these songs is I think better than you did for sure in the last album as well. So yeah. was there any of these songs that you were like once you heard it, you were like, holy shit, like that's that's really good. Uh, and then did you like how did you kind of conjure up some of these songs? Did you get pissed off about something or what were these songs kind of kind of, you know, was there anything in there that you were like, I wrote this song because I broke up with a, a girl or whatever. And like, that was pissed, that pissed me off. So then, you know, you got this extra energy or something like that. I don't think that's the case, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for a lot of, it's funny you bring up Atomic and then we're talking about Cam. I mean, every song has, I think kind of like a cool little story, whether that, yeah. um, you know, comes from, you know, me or Brent or even Landon and their experience with it. But Atomic is one of the funny ones, in my opinion, because originally, um, you know, that that hook in the, the beginning, that kind of chorus part where it says, you know, Atomic, you want it, we got it. That was just Atomic, Atomic, Atomic. That, that's yeah. all it was. That's, that's all I thought it would be, because my idea when I wrote the song was, you know, we do all of these guitar hooks, right? We've never done just a just a one word like vocal hook, you know, yeah. Um, you know, do the harmonies, make it sound like a bunch of people or whatever, right? And it's kind of a chanting thing. Well, we brought it to Cameron, and he says, I hate it. And we're like, what? And he's like, well, you just see, say the same thing over and over again. Atomic, atomic, atomic. And I'm like, <laughs> that's yeah. How you get people to learn the words, Cameron. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm like, but, but na 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 is, is bad. And that's, you know, all the small things, one of the greatest songs ever written. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So... In a part of me, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to see where he's coming from. And the other part of me was like, well, I'm trying to base this off of other successes too. But anyway, we kept kind of going back and forth. And then God, I got mad one night. I, I did. I, I was like, I, this is stupid. This, this should be the easy. It's just, it's like, he doesn't care about the other parts of the song. Yeah. So that's fine. But this is like the one part. So Brent and I were texting and we're like, well, what if it's atomic, blah, 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 blah. Or what if it's atomic, blah, 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 blah. Or what if it's blah, 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 atomic, right? Mm -hmm. And then finally, like, it hit me. I go, you know what? Like, atomic, you want it, we got it. And that's what I, that's what I said. I said, you know what? We should write this as an F you to him. If he wants yeah. us to be this good or whatever, <laughs> that's fine. This is the best we're going to come up with. That's exactly what we're going to do. So we go in, and of course some other things change too, but we told him the lyrics, and I told him, I guess, said, this is a fuck you against you. This, that, that's exactly what it is. And he laughed. He thought it was a, <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that idea. Let's do it. And then Cameron's like, get in there. And then we went in and, you know, <laughs> recorded or whatever. But um, yeah, like little little stories like that. I, I love, and so many of these songs have those like stories too. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I could feel like, you know, there's, there's, there's like a, like I said, there's like a punch or an energy that, it, 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 you don't always pick up on it in any song. So the fact that I could even just like, just by hearing it, I'm like, oh, there's, there's a little bit of not rage, but like definitely like frustration in some of these lyrics and some of the way that it's being, you know, saying. So I'm like, that's pretty awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, normally when I, I've, I've met you guys a few times, you guys are all pretty chill dudes. I, I'm like, I don't like, I don't just in general see these guys like just popping off like this. So when I'm hearing it, I'm like, that's, that's pretty fucking awesome. So <laughs> it was a pretty interesting story to hear that, uh, that it's a, uh, uh, I guess a big F you to Cameron and he liked it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what can And this is the whole thing about Cameron. Like it's nothing personal. Like when it yeah. comes down to it, you know, he loved that idea because he knows that, you know, if this does take off one day, people will be interested and think that that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Also that too, I think Cameron likes honesty and I think he will know when the artists are maybe trying to play a character more than actually be like honest sure. with, with how they, you know, relate to the lyrics. Yeah. So I think it was a bit of both. Yeah. And I, I should interject here before anyone is like jumping off and be like, oh, I got to go talk to Cameron Webb because Corey's talking shit about him. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys have used him so much that you now consider him basically like the fourth member of the band. Like he's that yeah. integral to your guys' success and what, what you what you want to achieve. So um, it's not like you're slagging him off and being like, oh, I, I, I hate that guy behind his back. It's like, no, you're just. You know, it's like brother. You like you talk shit about your brother, and then if somebody else talks shit about your brother, you're like, oh, I'll kill you, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's one of those. It's like the the guy thing, you know. Like I'm never gonna like just text Cameron and be like, I love you so much, you're my mentor or whatever. We're yeah. gonna like we're gonna give each other shit. But yeah. if I had to be completely straight faced and serious, Cameron has been not just a hidden fourth member of the band, 
Uh, he has been a mentor and a guiding light, and we probably, I probably wouldn't even be having this conversation with you today if it wasn't for his intervention with the first album, because that yeah. really helped open a lot of doors, uh, make a lot of friends and, you know, connections in our, in our little music scene. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, before I jump into it, do you have like a, are you guys, do you know what label you guys are putting the album out on? I know you put, I think it was Wiretap Records last time, right? Mm -hmm. Big shout out to Wiretap and Rob. Um, this time around, we are going to be working with, um, they're a newer record label, but uh, called 55 Rows. Um, okay. Shout out to John. John has been a part of things like uh, Imperium um, Clothing. Uh, you've probably seen some of their stuff around, and they've thrown on a couple of cool uh, punk rock shows over the past couple of years. Uh, one of them we were lucky enough to play with uh, the Mad Caddies, uh, The Last Gang, The Venomous Pinks. Uh, in Guttermouth. That was a really, really cool show. Uh, but John has always kind of had his, his hand um, in the punk rock scene, or at least heavily recently. And there's all these guys. Um, if you guys check out uh, Dorothy House Media, you'll see all the cool things they're doing over at their studio. Uh, but essentially, they are our main record label, uh, with SBAM also being, um, you know, a partner as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's really good. I know SBAM or SPAM or however people want to call it is like I'm still moving into the US, but like they you know, th their big core business is in Europe. I think they're based out of Germany from memory. So like they're believe, it's a yeah. great hookup to like be like, hey, can you get you know 100, 200 copies of something over there? Right. And then have them sell it because it's like, you know, pretty much at this point, if spam SBAM releases a, a record, people are like I'm interested. Like you've piqued my interest because if you put it out, it's a good, it's a good album. Right. So right. it's, it's really nice to be on something like that, especially internationally. So as far as you guys influences in the music, obviously, you know, I know you're a little bit younger than me. I think you're like 30, 31, 32, somewhere in there, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, well, I'm flattered. I'm actually 28. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm 33. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I know you're like younger than me, but I don't know how much younger. Cause I know Brett was like, we're old compared to him. That's all I remember him saying. But, um, <laughs> So you kind of had like a half, not quite a full generation or something like that, but like a half generation gap between what I grew up on and what you grew up on. So you grew up more on like early 2000s pop punk. I grew up on like, you know, mid 90s grunge and then punk and then, you know, later on basically when Blink-Wan 2 came out. Um, but, you know, when I listen to your music, I get like all these different bands like on some some stuff I'm I'm hearing like a little offspring here and there. Some stuff I'm hearing a little Green Day, but it's not like you don't hear that band. You just hear like, oh, you know what? I hear a guitar part that's kind of riffing a little bit like something like that, or yeah. you hear like a melody that maybe just kind of inspired by something like that. So I, obviously, you know, you've you've got you're, you're a bit younger, and then then um, Brent and Landon are you know a bit older. They're my age basically. So you guys kind of have that gap of like a ten year window that you guys are kind of seizing influence from. But tell me, like, what kind of bands kind of inspired you in general? I, I kind of know this answer, and I've seen it, you know, but I obviously want people to understand, like, what they're going to expect when they listen to this. Right. But then specifically on this album, was there anything that recently you've been hearing, and you're like, oh, you know what? They're doing something a little bit cooler, a little more progressive with punk. I'm going to try to do something like that. Like, I don't know, like a band like uh, Mercy Music or somebody that, you know, somebody in the, the scene that you know that might actually inspire some of the stuff that you do as well. Yeah. I would definitely put Mercy on there. I mean, some of our um, colleagues and, and, and peers and bands that we were just like lucky enough to jam with, um, just kind of looking at them, um, the routes uh, they have been taking um, have mm -hmm. been a big influence on my writing. Um, because I think before I would probably wanted to go maybe a little bit more towards like the spacey stuff. Sure. I, I'm a really big on um, Angels and Airwaves fans. I, I, I love that type of atmospheric music i love that emo the the delayed guitars and stuff like that um the kind of melodramatic lyrics and whatnot um at least that's what i really loved you know prior or writing and i think this time around we definitely it's so funny you bring up mercy because that really is not just them but like so many of the bands and people we played with that really was i think that the catalyst to you know i think we need to be a little bit more punk rock on this album yeah, I think we need to have um, some faster songs, some more like mosh, you know, friendly songs. Yeah, a couple shorter wanted, like, songs on there too, like a couple two minute songs, I think. Yeah, yeah, we have one uh, song that's under two minutes. Yeah, and once again, that was a song that like 
even Cameron was like, oh, I hate the song, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's cool that we have a two minute, like just fast song on there, you yeah. know? We don't have you to should like, tell Cameron, like, you're going to, you're going to put the record out and be like, not endorsed by Cameron Webb on the front. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> put stars next to all the songs you didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was kind of the mindset because we had known that on um, the bands that we would be playing with and the, you know, the places that we're going to go would probably line up more with that. Now, that wasn't like the sole um, reason of it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do something like that, but I also wanted to tell stories on this album. Yep. So we were really looking at, I think at least me, I was really looking at bands like that, uh, like the Bouncing Souls at the time, mm-hmm. where like, you know, for example, uh, Sheena, it's, a, it's almost like a, a story, you know, when, when you listen to it, but it's not just a story, it is something that's very relatable. So yeah. how do you kind of strike that middle ground I don't know if we perfectly did that on this album per se, but I think we got pretty close. So it was almost like, um, you know, music wise, we wanted to get a little bit more raw and gritty, a little, and obviously it's a very produced album, but we still wanted it to be fast and in your face. Yeah. But we also wanted it to provoke some type of thought too. Like, you know, hopefully, and I'm so stoked you listened to the album a few times. Yeah. But hopefully when you're listening to like some of the lyrics, it's either helping to paint a story or it makes you more curious about, you know, that situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, really stuff like that. I mean, all the mainstream bands, I mean, I can name off all the Green Days and all the Blink-182s that influenced this. You know, they're they're kind of a dime a dozen, in my opinion. I really do think, and this is why I love that you brought up Mercy in the beginning, because it really was our peers who helped influence this particular sound that came out yeah um and now i'm hoping we evolve that sound and we do different things as we go on like writing songs for the third album right now that i'm like this is weird but let's let's try it you know yeah. let's let's at least we have to try it so yeah. i'd say a little bit of everything you know just wanting to be better wanting to play music that kind of fit well with our peers and trying to push ourselves too to do things that we've never done before yeah and you mentioned that like you know obviously in a live music setting if you're playing with a bunch of up-tempo bands and you've got like four songs in your set there are four minutes long kind of slow down songs people are like what the fuck is happening right yeah now? I was like, right. this is just a different thing like you got to have other songs that you can then inject into a 30 minute set so it's like well we're gonna write some of these songs too so you know right, you're already right. playing with these bands and when you go out there you can you know it's 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 weird because you can always sense a crowd's energy like you're like okay i think we're losing them here <laughs> like, they're just watching us now but well, it's, well. <laughs> it, it's 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 whatever right i mean you can't get everybody to jump around and dance and stuff but at the same time like you can kind of steer the conversation they're going to have of like damn that band was good yeah. like their energy or it's like man that, i was bored for like four minutes there right like so yeah i mean i always ask people i'm like do you write songs with the live performance in mind because i think a lot of times pe- people who are already doing well or you know have a decent following we'll say like no we don't think about that we just do it later all that stuff but i'm like i i always thought like in when i started writing even still today i'm like when i'm writing a song i think first of all is it going to be like a story is it going to have a good hook like is it going to be kind of a simple thing how is it going to play live how is somebody else going? and i don't even play live i'm but i'm still thinking that like when i write right so i'm like thinking like if i'm going to play live i'm going to have some energy behind the song so that way then I'm thinking like, okay, is there a one word hook here? Or is there like a one line thing here where I can get people to kind of chant that or whatever. Right. And again, I don't even play live, but I think that's, there should be a level of performance as you're making music that you think of, because if you plan on playing that live, someone's going to have to listen to you play it. Right. So the more you can engage them right away from even like the first like guitar hook or chorus or whatever, as soon as you can jump that and then get over that, we're, we're here to judge you kind of like, you know, um, back and forth then it becomes like an easier show from there on and people are going to love the songs if they're more up, upbeat anyway right yeah no I, I completely agree and to add to your point too it's almost like it, um i mean yeah you are in a band that that is what you're doing but you have to treat it almost like a dj set yeah you know, like a good a good dj versus a bad dj will control the evening right yeah. 
a bad DJ will just throw out whatever songs and whatever moments. I went to a friend's wedding. I won't say who. The DJ was horrible. Yeah. Did not did not read the room. Would try to even do his own little mixes in there. Like guys, if you're gonna have a wedding, don't don't try to save money on the DJ. It's important. It really is important. Yeah. But or if good, you're gonna get a bad one, just get a playlist and put it on Spotify. <laughs> be your own DJ. Be your yeah. own DJ. Decide this is a night where I want people to listen to pop punk. This is a night yeah. where I want people to slow dance. This is when I want people to go to the bar and drink, right? Yeah. You are putting that together. And I know there's so many big bands that do this. But yeah, when you're putting together at, at least a set, you want to, your first song has to be great. Yeah. It, it just has to. It has to be maybe not your best song, right? But it's got to have it, a lot of intensity. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It has to be in your face catchy it has to show some of the best parts about your band that that we're looking forward to right and then when you're kind of in the middle of the set i think that's when you can be a little bit maybe not the middle maybe towards the beginning you yeah. can be a little experimental but when you start seeing people you know either walk away or whatnot you got to ask yourself sometimes and this, and this isn't always the band's fault too this isn't me just pointing at the bands but you have to ask yourself was that the time we should have been playing the ballad was yeah. that we should have done another, um, you know, three songs in a row, another minute song. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes I will get, I'll be watching a band. This happened recently where I'm like, oh, yeah, I think they played for like an hour, hour and a half, which is way too long for me, even if you're a headliner. But anyway, that's yeah. besides the point. Um, towards the middle of the set, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I was starting to get a little down, a little out of it. I'm like, I've seen the best of these guys. You know, what else do you have? And then I'm glad I stayed because the, the, past the last three songs were bangers they were yeah. amazing right so yeah you got to know what time of the set you're going to play what song and yeah knowing who your crowd is will definitely help with that yeah there was actually a formula i saw this was years ago i don't know where i even saw it but it was like you know i read an article on the internet somewhere but basically it said good djs can actually map a good performance based on your heart rate so they're thinking your the beats per minute that they're going to play are is what kind of what they want you to do with your heartbeat. So if they want you to pick up, they'll play something with a faster RPM or a BPM. I mean, yeah. uh, and then basically you know put it at 120 for like three minutes, and then they got to bring you down for a little while so that way you can catch your breath. And then like two minutes later, they'll bring it back up. And I'm like, that's very interesting because you know there are most DJs will just be like, here's another slap banger like this, like ten of them in a row, and you're like, Jesus Christ, like nobody's going to go out there and dance like crazy for you know, 40 straight minutes. No, no, totally. And that's why, you know, the DJ at one point has like the bar song. That's why they yeah. put on like that, that slower song. The one that's like, kind of, kind of not kill the mood, but yeah. like more fit how people are feeling like exhaustion wise at that point. And yeah. you go get your vodka Red Bull and then, yeah, you're ready to dance to, you know, something crazy after that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So was there any specific song on this album that once you finished it, you were just like, no, that's that's really good. Like that's better than what I thought we could make for a song. Was any any of them shocking you? Oh yeah, um, she wants more. I think the first time I had heard that because that that was one of the ones that did go through a bunch of not not a bunch, but you know, there's a lot of changes. Um, that would be the song I was talking to you about earlier with the chorus. Yeah, totally different chorus in mind, and the song has like a lot of meaning to me. Um, I mean, essentially. It's a song about somebody falling in love with somebody they don't want to fall in love with. And what I did was I made that person like a monster, you yeah. know? So I, I try to like, kind of like write a monster movie type of thing off of it too. So I'm loving that idea. I, I remember I wrote that um, guitar riff too in the beginning, not even at a Taken Days practice. This was at my other band's practice. And I remember thinking like, I can't keep playing that. They're going to want to use this. And yeah. I want to use this for Taken Days. Um, so that one the first time it came out and just knowing how many times it evolved, right? Because it wasn't just in Cameron's studio. It was evolving towards that, you know, uh, from that point. So we, we put it on and I remember I just sat there and I think, I mean, not to go too personal, I think I just started crying though. Like, because yeah. it was like one of those things, not just for taking days, but for me as a musician, to listen to the song and have it come together so freaking cool i remember I, I i was driving home i went back to my girlfriend i ran up to her apartment and i just like sat there and i think i sobbed for a little bit and i was like yeah. it's not just this one 
it's this one too and it's this one and it's this one and i'm like i i don't care if this becomes the biggest thing ever or if it doesn't we did a really good job and yeah. that feeling was just so incredibly rewarding and that song was the biggest example uh out of any of that for me at least nice yeah i mean i correct me if i'm wrong doesn't there isn't there a couple of like like breakout bass parts on that or something like that where like the music stops and kind of play a little bit of bass on there or is that a different song that i'm thinking of there is so problem child has that ba a cool little bass thing in there yeah. this one there is a pause um but that goes more into like octave chords uh, okay yeah because i'm like I, I remember there's a couple times like you don't do a whole lot of like you know bass soloing or anything like that like yeah, it's not, not many punk not many punk bands do unless you're rancid or something right so <laughs> yeah. but it was like just to hear like the bass come out like in a certain couple spots i'm like that's actually really cool like it doesn't need to be like a flaring like fast bass line it's just like you know just playing it by itself sometimes without other music just sounds really cool so yeah. there was a couple of examples of that where i was like oh that's that's great like it's nice to mix it up like that now for those who have never heard you before and obviously i've tried my best to explain what your sound sounds like but what would you say you, like what would you say to them about this album and, and what they should expect i would say that there is a little area between a band like alkaline trio and a band like blink 182 right in the middle i'd say we reside somewhere in there where we don't we're not as serious and gothy as alkaline but we're not as silly as you know i guess older blink 182 yeah. is a little bit more mature I would definitely say expect some of that. I would also expect some skate punk in there too. Um, I would say some like lag wagon influence as well. So sure. you'll get kind of an, and it's, you know, going back to what you were talking about with the ages and, you know, uh, what the gap in ages, right? Is that, yeah, Brenton Landon grew up much more on the 90s skate punk yeah. side of the, you know, things. Me, I grew up on all that stuff. And you know, don't get me wrong, I was, you know, I was four or five years old when I was listening to, you know, Green Day's Dookie and, you know, The Offspring, you know, a couple of years later. Um, yeah. So I, I had gotten into those bands, not as deep, of course, but when, you know, the 2000s hit and pop punk and emo was starting to really, you know, the lines were starting to really blur there. Yeah. I would say that, that that's where my influence comes in. Yeah. And so I think you I, mentioned bands like Sugar Colt in there and stuff like that, where like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like this emo band that basically is making really poppy music and you're like oh what is that even like what do you label that as is that pop punk still or is that like pop rock or what is that but yeah well that's like um i i call it like newfound glory post pop punk like yeah. once newfound glory came out that's when pop punk was like really like everyone's like oh crap like we can do this yeah <laughs> yellow know, like, card and all these other bands came yes. out it's like everyone's crying on stage you're like stop crying you baby stop come on <laughs> that's so funny and then yeah. i was you know growing up on all that stuff i remember you know you have to dislike certain bands you have to like certain bands or whatever but um but yeah going back to the sound of the album um i would say it's a perfect blend between that almost like that late 90s skate punk and that early 2000s pop punk yeah yeah very cool i agree like i mean it's rare when i find a new band or new album that i'm like this would have been huge back in the day like a lot of them like especially a lot of skate punk you're like this would have been just another example of a skate band like it yeah. would have fallen through the cracks even back when it was big but like when you hear something that's actually unique, it has a little bit more fresh take, but like still fits within that influence and that range. Like, you're like, oh, this would have been a great album to come out in 1998. So it's always like interesting to hear when a band like yourselves put out an album, and you're like, oh, I could absolutely see that being big if it was 25 years before, right? <laughs> well, that's exactly how we feel about this. Yeah. One. Yeah. But... Like, too bad we were born, you know, 20 years too late, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I do want to talk about the time references that you guys use. So yeah. I have that album every second. It's right there next to Love my music, actually, which is, yeah. Um, when you guys come here, we'll talk about you guys obviously playing shows. But when you guys come here, I'll probably have to take that with me to get you to sign it, too. Um, but uh, the the time stuff, so taken days. So, like, it's taken days to do something, right? Like, uh, it's taken us seven days to record something or whatever. Like, the, the idea of taken days. And then also like the past of it, like days have been taken away from you, right? So like there's there's time there, and then every, obviously every second, and then any minute. So where do these? What's what's with the time concept? Where did you guys come up with that? And then 
you know, I think it's a pretty clever, you know, um, marketing idea or whatever you want to call it. But what do you, what did you guys, how did you guys kind of come up with that? And what, what do you see with the references as like specifically relating to you guys? Oh, that's a great question. I, well, one taking days was the name we hated the least. And <clears throat> just to give some context, uh, Brent and Landon aren't technically uh, original members. Yeah. Uh, we got Brent maybe about a year or so after, and then Landon maybe a couple years after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, so Taking Days was already like an established thing, and we had a few demos um, prior to that that just were, you know, names of song names, basically. Um, so Taking Days just kind of started out as a, hey, we like the name. And I even remember telling like some of my friends and family and people who had followed my other bands and they're like, oh, that's, that's a cool name. So I'm like, cool, we'll just, we'll go with that. Then the time thing, that's more of an adoptive meeting, uh, meaning I should say. Um, it wasn't like we were like, hey, let's do this time theme or whatever. We just, God, I'm trying to think of why we decided to go with every second. Because I think the idea of every second was, well, we'll follow it up with a minute. And then we'll follow it up with that with an hour and then we'll actually work towards a self-titled album taken days yeah. once we, we we get that I and mean, whether we continue with the time theme after that that's going to be up in the air but i think what it's meant for me at least over this time is it's almost like it almost means like a second chance to me yeah because as somebody who dedicated their entire 20s to this didn't really, you know, get their footing in there the way, you know, they they wanted to. Taking Days was going to be my last shot. I told people that all the time. I said, hey, I'm coming up with this, you know, new band. I'm going back to basics. Um, this is going to be it. And this was like six years ago, right? I'm like, yeah. oh, we're, we're, we'll do a year. I'll see how it does. And then I'm done with it, you know? Yeah. That's the so mid-20s, like, is this shit worth it anymore kind of moment? Oh, <laughs> no, and it's always been like that. I mean, in the beginning you know, your early 20s, you're like, fuck, I'll do it. I'll, you know, let the five people at a show, whatever. I got to press through because you see yeah. all these success stories, right? Yeah. And you're like, whatever, you know, like Slash wasn't just Slash, you know, like the Red Hot Chili Peppers weren't just in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like these people, they played bad shows. They, yeah. they went through bad things. Obviously, their generation was a lot more rewarded for it yeah. than ours. And that was something I had to come to realize after the fact. But no matter what, I always try to quit at one point or another. I, I would just say, this is it. I'm throwing in the towel. I remember we lost a bass player with my other band. And then like a week later, we got our new bass player, right? And a friend of mine told me, he goes, dude, that's harder to think than, than you think. And he, and he was like, don't get me wrong. I don't think you guys are the greatest band or whatever. But like, there's something there's something telling you that like, you, you have to keep doing this, right? Yeah. And that's kind of, how I looked at it. I'm like, well, whatever, I'll try to get out of it. But the moment that some type of force beyond my comprehension push, pushes me back into it, that's just what I'm going to do. Right. So taken days was almost in my mind after a little bit was like, there, that is what it is. It's, it's taken days, you know, it's, it's, it's days that have been taken. It's, it's time that has been taken away from me. Yeah. Right. That I could have been doing other things that I could have been progressing myself in other areas of my life. But you know, God forbid everything in the pit of my stomach and in my soul is always just like, do this, just do yeah. this. Ever since I was, you know, 11 years old, like just something has always said, do this, just, just keep doing it. Right. And so, yeah, I think over time, at least for me personally, it's meant second chances. It, it's meant yeah. that like, you know what, I'm not in my mid twenties anymore. I'm not in my twenties anymore, but I still got time. I can still do this. We can still make our mark, you know? So yeah. I think, I think that's what it kind of meant. And then, so we joked about it with any minute because we we're like, okay, well, every second we wanted to kind of like allude to like every second counts. I yeah. remember even like um, Brent suggesting that being the name of the album. He goes, how about every second counts? I'm like, no, because of that is too definitive. Right. Right. We're, we're, we're just saying every second. Well, what is it about every second? I, I want people to think of that. Right. But any minute has a little bit more and just kind of like the songs, too. It's funny, has a lot more like intent to it, because at that yeah. point, we're thinking like any minute now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? There's more optimism, too, about it, for sure. Like you're looking forward to what's about to come as well. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So I, I would say if, if that has any meaning, that would be it. Yeah. Very cool. 
So what I want to do, obviously, is we're going to take our first break right now. But uh, I do want to play your newest single at this point. I know you got another one coming out very shortly. But I want to play the song Least of All You so that way uh, people can actually hear one of you guys' new songs. We're going to play the music video so that way they can see it as well. It's a lyric video, obviously. But I just want to ask before I do this, do I have your full permission to play this song so fans can get a taste of your music? Yes, you do. Perfect. So... Here is the new single from Taken Days called Least of All You, and we'll be back right after this to bring Corey into the spotlight with some hot seat questions. That should be a lot of fun. We'll see you right after this. All right, welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. I'm here with Corey from the OC Punk band, Taken Days. Hey, Corey, you ready to be put in the spotlight? Always. All right. So I have had several instances where I, when I'm watching you guys at a show, um, there have been some comparisons to you guys being a boy band, a Blink-182 style, good-looking band, wholesome band. So I think, you know, in that vein, obviously, Blink-182 did make fun of, you know, famously spoofed a bunch of boy bands in their video for all the small things. So I'm wondering if you guys were a boy band instead of a punk band, which boy band would you be? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> you have good questions, man. Um, uh, Backstreet Boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, in sync. You're was, more was, Nick Carter than uh, than Justin Timberlake, huh? You know what? I love JT. I love JT as an actor, by the way. He's a yeah. fantastic actor, and he yeah. had a great solo career. But no, man, like, I, I guess Backstreet Boys for me, because during the the boy band wars, which I I took part in when I was about eight or nine years old, yeah. Yeah, Backstreet <laughs> was always my thing. And not only that, they had the music video where they're all like werewolves and stuff. Um, yeah. Backstreet 
back, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that was obviously like thriller inspired. Yeah, trying to mimic like thriller with the dancing and stuff. Yeah. But I love Halloween stuff, man. So I think yeah. that that stuff always just resonated with me. All right. So I was going to say maybe a 98 degrees in there because, you know, it's a three piece versus three piece. But yeah, I mean, you just have to. I didn't know they were three piece. Yeah, 98 degrees was, I think, two brothers and like just another guy. I think it was like Nick Lachey and his brother or the other two guys were brothers or something like that. Yeah, but it was was a three piece, I'm pretty sure. Not that I know anything about boy bands. Well, (laughs) I I know enough about Nick Lachey and I don't think I could do that because, I mean, he married Jessica Simpson and that. That was going to be my future wife, so that yeah. uh, that would really mess things up. So no props to you, Nick Lachey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So obviously, being from Southern California, there are a ton of great bands, especially you know, on all these like indie rock labels and and punk labels around. Uh, you we mentioned Wiretap before as well. There are so many that you have to compete with in order to stand out. But historically, the best way to beat somebody at something is to challenge them to an old-fashioned duel or battle to the death. So if you are going to overtake somebody in the SoCal marketplace, let's say, uh, in order to take their place, you have to take their spot on the throne by fighting them. Which band would you challenge in order to take their spot? Take their throne. You mean like where they're at in the scene or maybe just for the fun of a duel? Either one. You're like, hey, you know what? You're slightly you're slightly ahead of us. You're the next contender or like you're the champs. I want to take you down. Either way, you could be like, hey, you know what? We're coming for Blink-182 or we're coming for, you know, I don't know, Bristol to memory or whatever. It's like anybody, you know, like we're going to, we're going to knock these guys out of the ladder. We're going to put them down a notch. Well, I would, I would actually say Bristol, but those guys are like super tall. So they kind of give me every time I'm only like five, nine and they're like seven foot. So I think whatever they challenge me to, I'd lose either way. Yeah. Um, God, you know who I would probably have a duel with would maybe be Andy from Odd Robot. And then you sound like really random to him. So sorry, Andy. It's not like I want to duel you, actually. (laughs) But I think Andy is just such a smart dude that, like, I think after the duel, I'd be like, well, let's talk about that. Let's break down the duel a little bit. And I think he would give me a lot of good reasons on what went wrong and what didn't. Get into the analytics of it. (laughs) Yeah, I think he just seems like such a smart dude. Yeah. Feel like I could learn from that. So yeah, Andy from Odd Robot, I challenge you to a duel. All right. <laughs> He's like, by the way, I'm trained in like Muay Thai or something like that. I'd be like, shit. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they actually have new music out too. So uh I think their new album's coming out in a couple months or is gonna come out this month. I can't remember, but I know they've released a couple songs for it already. So that's that's a good shout because Odd Robot is pretty awesome. They they All are right. uh, we'll we'll be doing their record release December 9th. So just December 9th. Awesome. A month before yours or so. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So question number three, the first time I ever met you guys, I ended up in your touring van, drinking beers and seltzers out of a cooler and hanging in your hotel room before hitting casinos. That was actually a pretty tame evening from memory, but do you ever have like a wild night story from one of your shows? We're like, how the fuck did that just happen? What did we do there? Oh man. I mean, there's one I may not be able to tell like too much of. So (laughs) I mean, without going like into too much detail, um, this is almost. You don't want to incriminate yourself, I understand. <laughs> I just don't want to give anyway, way any bad information. Um, so the run that we did with you, which, which by the way, quick side story of when we met you. I don't know if you knew this, but you came out to the show. You were at Evil Pie, right? Yeah. And the entire time, I thought he's Brent or Landon's friend, right? Yeah. And I think they thought I was Mario's friend. And then Mario was like, I just met this dude. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So I partied yeah. with you the entire night. And I remember going up to Mario and I was like, dude, that guy's really cool. Like, tell him to come by anytime. He goes, I'm like, you, you have really cool friends. He goes, well, that's not my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out later that you do all this stuff. I'm like, well, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he was like, yeah, come on to the show, meet you. And like, you know, because I, I think Mercy Music was supposed to play that show and then they had a drop out or it was something. I can't remember yeah. what exactly happened, but yeah. That was um, it. And then at the end of it, I'm like, I put two and two together. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So, you know, Mercy's yeah. from like Las Vegas and also they're amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, but it was just so funny. Like the entire night, I'm like, talk, I don't even think I got your name until like the next day too. But yeah. <laughs> talking to you, we're having drinks, we're going to like the tables and stuff. And then, like, Mario's like, that's not my friend. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> like, well, we made, we like, I don't friend. even know that guy. <laughs> so later on in that run, we thought that Vegas was going to be, you know, the gnarliest spot because for good reason, right? Yeah. And the entire night, even after you left, we we kept going. I mean, we were 
going to like about four or five in the morning. But we go to Prescott, Arizona, and it's even an early show. We played at like six or seven or something, right? And we're like, ah, this is gonna be this is gonna be the one, you know, like this is the end of the show. It's not gonna be that many people, blah, blah, blah. But we go and we play. And we literally have all the locals there who are, like, not ready to go to bed yet. And it's, like, 8 o'clock. And Prescott's yeah. a really, like, you know, a little bit of an older crowd. Everything kind of, like, um, dies down a little early. But but these, all, all this crowd, I mean, we had, I mean, the room was basically full. Everybody was all into it. I mean, they, like, treated us like rock stars. It was kind of crazy, man. Like, every time I'd go up to the bar, like, somebody would just run in and be like, what do you want? Like, yeah, I was gonna get a water, but yeah. you, know, you want to buy me a drink? Well, if you're gonna pay for it, I'll get that thing up there. <laughs> <laughs> so it went from this is gonna be a mellow show, right? To oh my god, people in Prescott can fucking party. Yeah, like, there was one point where the, this girl came in, really nice. I think she knew one of us somehow, but anyway, she came in. We were talking to her, and whatnot. At the end of the night, she just she's so blasted. She like I was outside of the bar, and I see her walking out. Like her husband picked her up or something, and she looked back. One of her friends said something, and she goes, "Woo!" And she just I was like, "Whoa!" Like I didn't even I didn't see that in Vegas. Yeah. So we just the entire night we were just going, going, going. We went to like some like dive bar that ended up being open. Um, we ended up going to somebody's house. We couldn't get an Uber back. It was like this whole thing. So the next day we, we all woke up and I looked at him. I was like, dude, we needed uh, adults. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, we not being adults the entire night. We needed adults. So that morning, Brent and Landon had a couple of like breakfast cocktails. And I'm like, I'm driving home. So I drove yeah. home the entire time. Fantastic drive home. We, we listened to like all of our favorite albums, great bonding time, stuff for pictures. Um, but yeah, without going into too much detail though, Prescott, if anybody ever gets a chance to play there, do it. Those that was one of the best places we've ever played with some of the most fun people. So Oklahoma is okay. Oklahoma is okay. <laughs> but but Ohio is still for lovers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. So this one's gonna put you in a bit of a twist here. I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. So if you were a real magician. So this is question four. If you're a real magician and could pull something amazing out of your hat, what would that something be? Oh, a dog. <laughs> Three dogs for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my dog in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually a good point. Like carry him around with you and be like, all right, time to go back in the hat. But like the dogs on. get like progressively like bigger. Like you pull out like a chihuahua terrier at first and then like it's like a bulldog and then pit bull. That'd be pretty... That'd be pretty amazing. Obviously, it'd be like a clown car. Uh, how do you fit all of them in there? But that's that's the beauty of magic. You can have whatever you want in there, right? So it's magic. I'm assuming you're a, a dog lover versus a cat lover. Then I love both, but yeah. Where's here? Hold on. Give me a sec. Here. <laughs> oh yeah, a little. This is this is my chihuahua daughter. mix. I think. Yeah, she's a little chihuahua rat terrier mix. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm one or the other though. I um I grew up with cats. So yeah. we, we we never really had dogs. Um, but she's probably the reason why I love dogs so much. You know. Nice. Yeah, I'm a more of a dog person. Mostly just because I hate how cats can like scratch you by accident or like stab <laughs> your chest or whatever. Like they're like trying to play with you and they're like poking holes in your skin. You're like, that doesn't feel good. Stop that. Yeah, yeah. Well, my girlfriend has two cats, and when I first started like staying over at her place. I would wake up in the morning and be like, your cats like attacked me. He's like, no, they didn't. I'm like, yeah, my toes, like they would just come and like scratch my toes. I'm like, no, yeah. they don't do that. And then we moved into our new place and she goes, oh, the cats are scratching my toes. I'm like, I, don't, I fucking told you. <laughs> but cat, cats have their own. I, I think both have their own. But most people, I this is how I feel. I feel like people, people, like people who like people love dogs, yeah. right? And then more of like the introverts on that side, they're more of cat people. Yeah. I can kind of see why I'm such a, like, I'm very both. That's just like, ah, I want my dog, but I also really like what the cats bring to the table too. Yeah. So. yeah and cats don't, they're definitely not as needy. They're like, you could leave me alone for six days. I'd be fine. As long as yeah. you got food out for me. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. So you don't have to think about it that way. I mean, a dog is kind of like a child in, in yeah. some, some aspects. They're so needy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So question number five, this is a question I ask almost every guest now. So it's kind of like a standard one, but what four musicians would you put on your personal Mount Rushmore 
of musicians. So either being influential or being your favorite. And they don't have to be like four parts of a band. It could be like four singer songwriters or four drummers or whatever. So what four musicians would you put on your Mount Rushmore? Um, I, I would have to say Billy Joe Armstrong would definitely be very up there. Um, Johnny Cash. Okay. Um, let's see. I can't pick because I can't pick one person from Blink because it's Blink as a collective that that really works for me. Yeah. So I'll go there. You know, sorry, Blink. You got you guys have enough fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're probably in enough award shows already. You're fine. <laughs> I probably put um Keith Moon on there. Okay. Drummer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, who, yeah. Right? That's the yeah exactly. I, I just think that, oh, man, so influential. Yeah. Um, and Bat shit crazy, but awesome for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he has all those crazy stories, right? Yeah. But also, too, like his drummy do all those like, like stupid like faces and everything. And like you stand up that. and play standing up. You're like, who does that? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, no, I love it. And I, I'm such a – I love drummers. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the last one, probably Paul McCartney. Okay. Yeah. Classic. Can't, can't really go wrong with a Beatles reference. No. Um, almost everybody these days, it's funny because like when I was growing up, if you said that you like Paul McCartney more than John Lennon, you were like a pop lover. Like you, you weren't really a Beatles fan. Right. But now it's like more people are coming around to Paul's like actual, you know, influence on the band and his control of certain things and what he brought to the table. Whereas like now people are kind of looking less like, with with good light on john because he was kind of contentious about it or the way he did things wasn't as you know easygoing it's like oh yeah so it's easier to listen to an easy song than it is to listen to a john lennon song that's like meant to disrupt right but like damn it if i i I don't i love john lennon stuff because that's exactly why like he's doing something that isn't what you're supposed to like and you still like it anyway so it's like oh yeah i can love john lennon but yeah it's a great list so yeah i guess Fuck John Lennon, fuck the funk, fuck Blink One Eighty Two, but uh, you've got your four. Johnny Cash is yeah. up there, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's it. That's the spotlights off, and we'll come back in just a few moments to stick a fork in this inter- into this episode with some exciting news about what Corey and Taken Days have coming up for the rest of the year. So stick around. We'll be back right after this. Running your own music career is incredibly difficult. Trying to get people to like, share, comment, listen, follow—it's all just overwhelming. Most musicians give up before they ever achieve success, and that's the worst. If you're looking for a better way to grow your music career, head to DIYRockCareer.com for some absolutely free training. It costs you nothing, and it could be the difference between hitting your goals and quitting your dream. Go to DIYRockCareer.com today by clicking the link below this episode. Then I lost my way. Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. So, Corey, let's talk about what Taken Days has coming up. Obviously, you guys are launching a new album here in January. You're going to be playing some shows. We talked about the Odd Robot, Odd Robot, Odd Robot show. Odd Robot, I like that yeah. better though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Odd Robot show in December. So, what else? I know you guys are coming to Vegas here. Actually, I think this weekend, this coming up weekend, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, talk to me about what you guys co- got coming up to help promote. Obviously, you're going to be releasing singles as well. Yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th will be at the Sandal, uh, Sand, Sandaller, now I'm doing it, Sandaller yeah. in uh, downtown Vegas with uh, Diesel Boy. We're really excited about that. Um, and then on the 15th, we'll be back with Diesel Boy um, in Costa Mesa at the Wayfair um, with Fourth and Lion and the Gringos. Nice. That should be really cool. Um, October 27th, we'll be in Downey with a couple of, um, really good friends, um, in a band called, uh, Empired. And there's a few other bands, so forgive me if I can't remember. We just have a lot going on. Um, but of course, if you guys follow Taken Days and everything, you can see where we're playing. Some of the things I'm really excited about, um, that we, and here's one show that we haven't announced yet. Uh, we will be opening for the Queers on um, November 7th at the Yucca Tap Room in nice. uh, Arizona, which if somebody from Arizona can tell me if it's Yucca or Yucca, I would really appreciate that. That would be yeah. great. I call it, I think I call it Yucca, but I'm not sure if, because there's Yuma, Arizona. So I'm not sure if I call it Yucca or Yucca. I think I, I might call it Yucca and Yuma. So it's it's just confusing sometimes. Well, Yucca is just easier. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. And there's um, nothing good about Arizona. So it's always Yucca. <laughs> In Northern Arizona has its redeeming qualities, but yeah, you're, you're actually, every time yeah. I go, there's something bad happens. So I just stop going there. Like, <laughs> nope, so not coming back. Keep your state to yourselves. 
<laughs> and they, they don't they don't like California. I mean, you're from Nevada, so it's different. Yeah. But they don't like us over there for sure. I have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the one I'm really in, we have obviously um, Odd Robot, their record release uh, with Polly Van Dam. Or is that her name? Polly? Is it Polly Van Dam? She used to be in the Bomb right. Pops. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Polly. I've, I've never met you before. Um, really into what you're doing, though. Um, but yeah, they have their, they're going to be playing that night. Um, we're going to be playing with some friends, including uh, Wicked Bears, which we oh, um, nice. yep. <laughs> love those dudes. Those guys are awesome. Yep. They're up um, there on this side, actually, over here, but you can't see it. They're off camera. <laughs> so, okay. well, they're in Nevada, right? Uh, they're in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's it. They're in Utah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's great. I mean, and I think you guys have like a, a single a month coming out until the release, right? So I think there's one that's about to come out. Uh, I think it's, um, I know this, don't tell me. Oh, God dang it. It's about Zell, Overzealous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Overzealous. Yeah. yeah. Um, October 18th, Overzell Us, which used to be Overzealous. Um, we just thought that would be funny for some reason. There's not really a story behind that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Give us money. That's what it's saying. That's what this yeah, that's, says. A lot of people, A lot of people think that's funny. Yeah. So <laughs> that's coming out October 18th. I'm really excited for that one. Uh, the following month, uh, November, we will be releasing another single, uh, Don't Take Me Home. Yeah. Usually a lot of songs are about taking me home. This one is about the opposite. And it's Having too part. much fun, you don't want to go. Yeah, thank you. That was yep. the point, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so we're, we're doing that. And then in December, um, we'll be releasing the final single, which I won't say which one that is, because I want everybody to think of what they think the single will be, um, that, which we just did a music video with uh, Mario from Nights Like Thieves. Shout out to okay. Mario. Yeah. Um, basically, I can let you guys know a little bit. We did a killer uh, murder mystery this thing, you know, this time around. So we had, um, we filmed in multiple locations. That was the fun part about it. All these locations I grew up in and my apartment. Like Prague and, and Chet, you know, like uh, Cairo and all that stuff. Like Mission Impossible, right? Exactly. We, we went to Mexico, but just Tijuana. We couldn't afford to go any further. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else was filmed in San Diego. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're really excited about that. We did one day where we were running around. Somebody was in a killer costume. We're doing all getting all this great footage. Uh, the next day, we did it all at Maple Studios, which is where we recorded the album. Uh, Cameron Webb will be in the music video. He was an absolute pleasure to work with. Um, I hope some bands who are watching this uh, have worked with Cameron before, but if you have, or even if you haven't, Cameron does this thing where he goes, come on! And he was doing that during the music video, and you can just tell, like, oh, he's into it. He's really, really into it. Yeah. So it just everybody really excited and got the energy great. So yeah, man, a new single a month um, up until January, which will be the full album drop, and then I believe sometime in January you'll see a music video. Very cool. Very cool. I mean... I, I, obviously you guys did a music video for your last album i don't remember the name of the song but i know the song and you had uh um, oc chris or i can't remember his actual name but he was in there he did a pretty damn good job of being like one of them uh you know record executives or whatever where he's like get it right or get out kind of thing it was pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah the first time we had him in there we didn't know he was going to go that hard right so i'm sitting there and he's just like it was like a cartoon like somebody's yelling and all your hair is going back and i'm yeah. just like and like mario like has the camera and he goes okay Corey." and i'm like how the fuck do i respond to that yeah. <laughs> i had all these lines in my head now yeah. i'm all like self-conscious but yeah he may actually make uh, another appearance too so we'll just have to nice. wait and see now was the 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 killer uh, i i don't want to spoil anything but is that another person from the san diego area who happens to be obsessed with halloween as well do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, <laughs> no, but he may be in there. Okay. Yeah. So that person was, you know, he was in the last one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, he's, no, no. We, 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 love, we love him. Hashtag yeah. ready, set, survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it was I just, when you said killer, I was like, oh, they probably brought him back for that. But if he's not, then I can just say it's Troy, obviously. So, but yeah, yeah if he's not that person, then. He he fucking lost out to somebody else. He he missed his opportunity. No, I think I think Troy. Well, one we love Troy. I hope Troy feels the same way about us, though. But I think with Troy and the bands he works with, if you mention anything spooky, scary, Halloween themed, I think he'll probably just invite himself over. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, oh, can, I, can I come over? <laughs> That's awesome. 
obviously we'll put some links to the social media, to the music, all that stuff in the show notes below this episode. But do you have any other shout outs or anything else that you want to plug before we go today? No, I mean, of course, you know, keep up on all of the new bands if you guys can. Wiretap Records on, uh, you know, shout out to, of course, Mercy Music, um, Odd Robot, Tiny Stills, um, Nights Like Thieves, um, all the San Diego bands um, that we uh, love um, and whatnot. No specific shout outs, but hey, if you love this type of music, I just know that there's so many bands out there that are making great versions of it. So hopefully yeah. you guys find your favorite. Yeah. And the last question is actually basically related to that. So it's a good segue. What new music, what one piece of new music, a new band, a new artist, uh, you know, a new album, a new song, what piece of new music would you suggest somebody go check out right now? So I'm really into this um, great secret song right now called Fuck It Up nice. or Fuck Shit Up, yep. something like that. Yep. Um, just so good. If you guys like um, that kind of post-hardcore, like like Comeback Kid, um, just that, that awesome, shouty, great chorus, just amazing, just energetic vocals, um, I highly recommend giving them uh, a listen to. And then also, um, if we want to go a little bit more mainstream, I am obsessed with new Blink-182. Sorry, guys. I know everybody has their opinions and whatnot. I, it has not left my playlist. So, yeah. add, you know, something local, Grave Secrets is amazing. Um, if you want to add on to that, the new Odd Robot single is also amazing. But, yeah, if I'm going to go more mainstream, that new Blink-182 stuff is just fantastic. Very cool. Yeah. And, I mean, you can't really forget about blink Wing too because they basically are the reason why you know ten thousand bands started playing punk music right i'm like yep it you know it, it, back in the greek days it was helen of troy who whose face launched ten thousand ships right now it's like blink 182 launched ten thousand bands probably more than that probably like a million bands by this point but yeah um, it's it's that they're, they're that you know iconic or whatever you want to call it but yeah. yeah, I think, you know, that's the great uh, Grave Secrets. I'm really looking forward to that album. I think it's about to come out in the next month or two as well. So I, I'm yeah. really looking forward to that album coming out. Um, but yeah, we'll put all those uh, mentions into the show notes as well. So go check out that music. And then I want to thank you, Corey, for taking the time. Obviously, we've been sitting here for about an hour, but it's been a great conversation, I think. And I'm looking forward to people checking this interview out and listening to the new album. So make sure you guys go to go to the show notes below this episode to check out the music, go follow them on social media, follow them on YouTube, all that stuff. And remember that the powered by rock podcast is powered by our listeners to show some support. Please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media as well. You can also make a donation to the podcast to help us keep making awesome episodes with awesome guests like Corey. And you can also see the full interview of the video interview on YouTube and Spotify as well now. And if you want to check out some of our awesome content, our merch or our gear, um, you guys are actually sponsored with our cables, so you guys do play our cables. Yeah, we do. Uh, you can you can head to yeah. You, you, at least you had them. I don't know if you still have them, but you definitely no, have them. We yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, we still have them. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I think so. I think I put them in my gig bag. I haven't uh, pulled them yet. Yeah, ask <laughs> yeah. Brad. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if you want to check out some of that cool stuff, go over to PoweredByRock.com. See what's good there. That's our show for today. I'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. Supposed to be